0: The house of the Lord this morning glad to see y'all in the house and you may be seated after that let me just share with you just uh, uh some announcements uh, that uh, you need to take note of if you have not gotten a calendar there should be some of the friendship station uh, this is the calendar for uh, December events November, uh, uh, November's on one side December's on the other side uh, but there are uh, some several things that are coming up uh, in the month of uh, December you may want to take note of. Next Sunday evening at 5.30 uh, will be the children's program uh, that's uh, directed by C.C. McClam, and uh, that'll, that'll be a blessing to you. Also, we'll be having finger foods during that time, uh, so after the service is over, we'll have some fellowship in Friendship Hall, so uh, please remember that. And uh, That's next Sunday at Five thirty. Uh, also, um, my wife is uh, is collecting blood. She 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 demands blood out of her people, and uh, so uh, we're having a blood drive coming up in January. So she is soliciting all the help she can get. So if you're able to give blood, uh, don't let her come to you. You go to her, and uh, she will take she will take care of that business. Uh, also, uh, remember on the 20th, uh, we're going to do again, uh, this year, a virtual Christmas caroling. And, uh, and I know, I know going out is probably better, but we can just reach so more, so many more people, uh, this way than we can trying to go out. And then, um, and then the danger of trying to coordinate all the vehicles going every which way. Uh, can can be uh, a pastor's nightmare uh, as well. Uh, so uh, if so, but what we need from you, anyone that will like to participate in this. Now, having the ability to sing is not a prerequisite to participate. Uh, if you are just a warm body and have a brilliant smile, that's all you need. You can come up and smile and look happy. And, uh, and if you have any rhythm at all, clap your hands on some of the songs, that, that, that'll be good. You don't, you don't have to open your mouth. Uh, the rest of us will take care of that. Uh, but uh, we're going to do that again on Wednesday, that'll be Wednesday evening, the 20th. Uh, we will start uh, streaming at 7 o'clock, so you need to be here before them, gathering around 6.45, so we're ready to stream at 7 o'clock because uh, that's how we have it advertised uh, going out. And then afterwards, uh, uh, Paul and I we're gonna we're, we're gonna host a little fellowship after that. Uh, we're gonna have some hot, ch- hot, hot chocolate uh, and we're gonna have some apple cider. Uh, we'll have some cookies and just all of that Christmasy stuff we do. Uh, so we're gonna have that immediately afterwards. And uh, the, the Christmas Carol will last about 30 minutes uh, maybe. Uh, and uh, so uh, so we're going to have some, uh, a good time with that. So please remember that. And then on uh, the 24th is our Christmas Eve service, which is during the day. We don't have an evening service, uh, but uh, that'll be our Christmas Eve service. Uh, and that day, uh, we're just going to do a different kind of service. And uh, if you have Christmas attire, if you have ugly sweaters, or if it's like today, you won't need a sweater. But if you got ugly Christmas stuff wear it if you got pretty Christmas stuff wear it if you don't have no Christmas stuff don't come Nick just 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 wear whatever you got um, there's a certain exposure we don't need uh, so just 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 come with whatever you got that's not a requirement uh, but just make a festive uh, environment here uh, in the sanctuary and uh, as you if you know me and if you don't know me I love Christmas and I, I believe in getting into the spirit of Christmas, and I believe in decking the halls, and I am the hall. Uh, so I, I, don't mind, I don't mind decking me out. Uh, and uh, so I have all kind of Christmas shirts, and uh, so we'll wear it. Yes. Starts at 10 o'clock. We are, I, please note that change in your calendars. We have it for 1030, but I, I realize a lot of people have family gatherings on the uh, not just Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve. So to give you a little more time before lunch, uh, uh, we're going to start at ten o'clock. Please note that starting at ten o'clock on Christmas Eve, and uh, I'm going to try. I'm not promising. I'm going to try to have you out about eleven, but that is not a promise. So if I don't, I have not broken a promise. I have not broken a promise. So we're going uh, to try. But again. Uh, the kids, everybody's going to be in the sanctuary that day. Kids are going to be in the sanctuary. Everybody's going to be together. And we're just going to have a, a good family, uh, a church family gathering on that Sunday morning. Uh, so that's 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 enough of all of that stuff. If you have any calendars, uh, you can see those things. So I think I've got uh, all of that. So we're going to switch gears now. And we're going to uh, light the first candle of Advent again. Uh, we, we, we lit it last Sunday night, a little but we're going to do it again today. And so, uh, and with that, I have some words from the word that I want to share with you. Now, today does mark the official beginning of the Advent season, which represents to us hope. The first candle that we uh, light during Advent is referred to as the prophet's candle. Therefore, let us hear some words of hope uh, from the prophet Isaiah as it relates to the coming Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have uh, multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. But you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. As in the day of Midian, for every warrior's sandal from a noisy battle, a garment rolled in blood, will be used for burning the fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, and to us a Savior is given, and the government will be upon His shoulders, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end, and upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That is the word of hope that we have from the Lord, that God, our God, our wonderful Savior, Jesus as the Messiah, He actually came to this earth to right all that is wrong. I know some people question, well, Well, if if that's the case, why is everything so wrong? Why is there so much evil in the world? Let me tell you what. Our Jesus came the first time as the Prince of Peace, but he's going to come again as a warrior. And he is going to right everything that is wrong. Amen? That is our hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. So with that, will you stand with us again? We're going to sing a couple of Christmas hymns uh, that that I I love. I love the Christmas hymns. And so we're going to start with uh, Angels We Have Heard on High, followed up with Old Little Town of Bethlehem. And you may be seated. I I, 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 I like the Christmas songs. Sometimes I think we ought to to sing them uh, more than just at Christmas. The theology in these songs are so rich and so real. And uh, they're really, really good. As the praise team is going down, uh, we want to uh, have a time of intercessory prayer. And pray for those who have needs, whatever those needs may be. Uh, we, believe, we believe in the power of prayer. I've seen it operate. I've seen it work. I've seen it move. Now, does that mean that every time we pray a prayer, God is obligated to, to, to bless and do what we ask him to do? No, 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 no. It's the issue of our trust in him. We've got to trust God. You have to trust him. And sometimes I think, I, think, I think sometimes God is silent just to see if we'll trust him or not. See if we'll follow him even if we don't know exactly what's going on. So I don't understand all of this stuff. Look, I've been at it a long time. still don't understand So I don't expect you to understand it all either. All I know is we're in this thing together. Amen? And I know where we're headed. That's, that's the important thing. I know where we're headed. And so I trust him. I trust in what he said to us. But we want to go to the Lord in prayer not. And, uh, and there's, there's a number we need to continue, Miss Molly McClamm. Uh, they have moved her, Debbie, somewhere. Okay, okay, okay. One o six. Okay. That that was my. I talked to her Friday. I talked to her Friday morning. We're trying to get ready and uh, to to move her. So she is in Bella Rose uh, near Garner, and uh, so uh, remember remember that. Uh, as well, let's, let's pray for Miss Molly. She's still weak, but she is improving. So she is doing some improvement. So let's pray. Let's pray for her and ask for God's blessing. And there's there's a host. There's always people sick. There's this this tis the season. For joy and peace and gladness, and RSV and flu and COVID uh, and uh, stomach bugs and, and the common and cold. And it's, it's the season for all of these things. So uh, let's, let's pray for one another uh, in our prayers. Again, Billy Beasley, let's continue to remember Billy and uh, lift him up in our prayers as he's battling with this cancer, that God will uh, touch him as well. Uh, do you, if you have a, a request, you just want to be known to the Lord, you can just raise your hand. God, 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 knows, God knows your needs, and we'll join together uh, in those prayers. Is there anyone that would like to be anointed in prayer? We believe in laying on hands, anointing with oil, uh, as, this, as James, the, one of the apostles and the brother of Jesus Christ, instructed us to do. So if there's anyone that would like to be anointed this morning, I will be more than glad uh, to do that. And we'll join together as a church and pray over you. So is there anyone that would like to be anointed in prayer this morning? Let's do remember uh, Meredith um, Beasley. Uh, Meredith is having a lot of issues with her feet. And uh, so let's let's continue. She stays in a lot of pain. And so let's continue to remember Meredith uh, in our prayers and ask for God's blessings and God's grace. Amen. Any other names? Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day you have blessed us with. You are the great and the almighty God. Lord, there's so much about you we cannot fathom, we cannot understand, we cannot comprehend. But, Lord Jesus, there's enough about you we do understand. We understand your great love for us. We understand, Lord, your healing power. We understand, Lord, your saving grace. We understand grace That's beyond anything we can ever comprehend. We understand the peace that comes from knowing you. We understand, oh God, that Lord, even when we make a mess of life, you can can intervene. And Lord, you can come in the midst of our mess and make it right. Father, Lord, we understand that, Lord, that you are the one who is greater than all the powers of this earth. And Lord, you're the greater than the powers of Satan. You're the greater than the powers of darkness and evil and ungodliness. Lord, and we understand all of these things. So, Father, Lord, we are praying, we're asking that, Lord, that you will touch and you will minister. Lord, you will bless and, Lord, that you will be with each and every one of us. Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will touch Miss Molly McLam. And, Lord, be with her and touch her, Lord, as she goes through this rehabilitation and gets stronger so she can come back home. And, Father, Lord, we pray for Billy Beasley, Lord, that you will touch him and minister unto him and help Billy. Lord, through this uh, ordeal he's going through right now, we pray for Paula Gray, that, God, that you will touch her. And, Father, Lord, be with her as, Lord, as she know the diagnosis that she got uh, concerning uh, this breast cancer. God, we pray, God, that you will touch others in our fellowship that need a hand upon you, those that are sick among us. Little Remington, Lord, we pray for him this morning as he's suffering from a fever God, we pray for all of our kids in the back, that, Lord, that you will be with them and you will touch them, you will minister unto them. We pray, God, for Miss Connie Townsend's family, Lord, that you will bless them as they've gone through the loss of this sister. God, that you will, Lord, minister unto their needs and, Lord, that you will bless them. We thank you, God, for the good things you've done around us. We thank you, oh God, for the miraculous power, Lord, that you have released Lord, in our midst, and Lord, today, we don't expect any other from you, oh God, that your, your power will be released from us, and that, Lord, you know those who are in this sanctuary today, you know their lives, you know, Lord, where they are, you know, Lord, what they need. God, it is not my words that make difference, it is not what I preach that makes it, I understand that, God, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit So, Father, Lord, I pray that, Lord, through the Spirit of God, that you will whisper in people's ears, that you will tell them things, show them things, nudge in their hearts, Lord Jesus, what needs to be nudged so they can respond to you, Lord, the way you have designed for them to respond. And now, Father, I pray that you will just bless the remainder of this service, all that is done Lord, those that we will be receiving into fellowship this morning and those of oh God that we'll be baptizing. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that you will minister your grace and your mercy, Lord, in everything that is done for your glory, for your honor and your praise. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, God, for giving us this day. And thank you, Lord, for blessing us. And Lord Jesus, we will sing your glory, your honor and your praise from here here to eternity, and forever. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen, and amen, amen. So with that, as, uh, as I mentioned the prayer, we, we are uh, going to be receiving some uh, some people into our fellowship officially, uh, in our church family, and then at the end of the service we're going to be having a baptismal. Uh, so I thought it would be a good day to talk about uh, joining the church. And why should we join the church? So they introduce this, I've got a little clip. It's just a, not quite two minutes long. A little clip that I want you to look at. It is, it is, it is humorous. It's meant to be humorous. Uh, but I do think it does describe what goes on in church sometimes. So, uh, so let's uh, put that on and let's look at it. This is called Me uh, Me Church.
1: Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots.
2: I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there?
1: Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys, right? Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave.
0: You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does.
1: All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail.
0: When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax?
1: Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now and we'll get you there.
2: I like a pony.
1: Look in your backyard. Me, church, where it's all about you.
0: Oh, Lord. Um, well, you know, there's some people who have that perspective of church. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and declare to you this morning from the outset this is not the church of Jesus Christ. This is not the church Jesus designed, because it is not all about me. It is all about him and what he has done. But it is a reflection, though, of the culture we live in, because there is a generation that has come up that is still with us uh, that is called the me generation, because we have raised them that way. It's all about me. What I want, what I need, what I desire, and if you don't meet my needs, then I will just go, I will pack up my little pony and I'll go somewhere else who will meet my needs. And so this, this is the way, it, this, is, this is the culture we live in today. So with that, I, I wanted to start with a question, and this is, this is the question we're going to ponder just for a few moments this morning. Why should a person align themselves with Jesus' church? Now, I see, notice, I said Jesus Church. I didn't say Friendly Chapel Church. I didn't say Church Down the Road. Why should a person align themselves with Jesus Church? Now, to establish some sort of biblical foundation for all of this, and there is a biblical foundation, we're going to uh, look at a passage from the book of Hebrews, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, in, in the Scriptures. matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little heads up that if the good Lord is willing, and that he is leading me in this direction, that starting uh, the 1st of January and throughout the whole year of 2024, we're going to be looking at, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to be teaching and preaching out of the book of Hebrews. Uh, it is such a fascinating book, and, uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll take breaks along the way. Uh, but to, that's that's where I feel the leading of the Lord uh, right right at this particular moment. So so with that, let's look at let's look at Hebrews chapter ten, verses twenty four and uh, through twenty five. Now this is what this is what the writer said. And let us consider one another, or another, to stir up to good uh, stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of son but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, the word church, if you notice, is absent from this particular passage of Scripture. But nonetheless, it is referencing the church of Jesus Christ. And it is a word of encouragement that is given, and that is the message. The church is the message of this particular passage. Now, to understand this particular passage... I think we need to understand the word church and how it is used scripturally. Now, the word the Greek word that is translated into the English is the word ecclesia. I know y'all are just dazzled by my by my my Greek knowledge. Uh, it's, it's really not that 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 expansive anyway, but I know a few little things. But this is what it but this is what the word ecclesia, what it means. It means a meeting of people who are called out or summoned. That, that's what it means. It's like an assembly of people that have come and generally for a common purpose. But the church is more than just a meeting of people. That's, that's part of it. The church is a meeting of people who are redeemed. Now, that is what the church is. The church is the church of the redeemed. Even though we know people come to our church services that are not redeemed. We understand that. And all people are welcome in our services. But the church is not a a group of people of the redeemed and unredeemed together. The church is only the church of the redeemed that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that, that Jesus is the one who heads up the church. I know as a pastor, I'm considered one who leads the church. And that is absolutely true but I am not the primary leader of the church. Jesus Christ is the primary leader of the church. For Paul uh, said in one of his letters, I believe it's the, it's the uh, Galassian letter, he said, he said that Christ is to have the preeminence. That means he is to have first place in everything we do, everything we are, everything we accomplish. Our purpose all should be centered in the mission and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you say, well, aren't all churches that way? No, I can go ahead and tell you, no, they're not. All churches are not Christ-centered. All churches are not uh, Spirit-filled led. All churches are not focused in on the mission of Jesus Christ. They're focused in on their own mission. And so, uh, but, 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 but that's, that's, not what, that's not what we are, that's not what we're going to be. We're going to be a church of Jesus Christ, amen? Because I think that is important. And so so every part of the church needs to be subject to Jesus Christ. This is why the me church is not the church of Jesus Christ. When it becomes all about me, what I want, what I desire, what I have to have in order to function, then that is not Jesus' church. We notice that that the church is a gathering of people we've already talked about, but it's a whole lot more. Paul described the church as a body of believers. It's a living organism. And as a body, we're all just to function together. It's just amazing to me how Jesus Christ can take people from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of ideologies, all different kinds of races, and he can mold us into one functioning body of believers. And that's what the church of Jesus Christ should be about. Because remember this. If you don't know this, I want to tell you. The church can be expressed in two different ways. Now, it's not two different churches, but it can be expressed in two different ways. There is what is referred to as the invisible church. say, invisible church? What good is an invisible church? Well, the invisible church is that church that that exists everywhere. It's that church that wherever there are people that are saved, that come together, is the church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And then there is what is called the visible church, us. That are local assemblies of people. For you see, there are people around the world. A lot of times we forget about, we think the whole world looks like me. Thank God it don't. We think the whole world acts like me. Thank God it doesn't. You see, there are just people from around all kinds of cultures, all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of languages. Now, isn't that amazing? But we all belong to what? One church. We all belong to one church. We're all part of one church. I don't care if we speak in different languages, but let me tell you, I've been in different cultures. I've been in different languages. I've been the churches that didn't speak English and you, and you sit there and you may not understand a word they're saying. You may not, but let me tell you something that you do understand. You understand the power of God. You understand the Spirit of God working. I may not understand what the preacher's say saying. I may not understand what the singers are singing because there's not in my language, but yet I can clap my hands with them. I can raise my hands with them. I can worship with them because we are all worshiping the same, one and same Jesus Christ, God and Father, Holy Spirit working in us together. It's a beautiful sight. I can go to Africa, and I can worship with the Africans. That's a wonderful experience. Oh man, I tell you, we, they put us under the shade. They'll take it. In, they, in Africa, let me tell you, when you go to church, you go to church. I, I did the last time I was there, I did a graduation service, which is a combination graduation service for a Bible college the church had and a worship service. You know how long that, that, that service lasted? Five hours. Y'all would be dead, and I have to scoop you up and take you out. I thought they were going to have to do that to me, because here I am in this uh, in this graduation regalia. It's in Africa. Most of Africa is hot. Tin roof. No air conditioning. Sitting up on the stage, let me tell you, y'all don't don't understand this. I'm I'm going to give you a little insight. Y'all don't understand this. In this building, it's 10 degrees hotter up here than it is out there. When you raise up a platform in a building, that raised area is hotter than the rest of the building. So here we are, and they're dancing, they're singing, they're, they're they're, they're, they're doing their thing, and I'm about to die. Because it is hot. But you felt the spirit of the living God. And souls got saved. And they come. Lord, we, 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 we can't even come to the altar. We, 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 you, I'm, I'm stuttering. We, we can't even come to the altar. It's padded. It's got carpet on the floor. Oh, my knees. Well, my knees hurt too. I'm getting to that age too. You'll see me. That's the reason I stand up more when I when I when I pray and I do kneeling down. But they don't have padded pews. They don't have carpet on the floor. It is just concrete. And they'll get on their knees and they will pray for hours on that concrete and never complain about it. Now, you say, Preacher, you, you should quit trying to shame me. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to shame you. Just tell me how it is. If you feel ashamed to do something about it. Don't blame me. Don't get mad with me. But so, so, we, got, so we got the visible church. We got the invisible church. And so every, every visible church, every local congregation of people ought to be a reflection of the larger church of Jesus Christ. So we're all doing the same thing. So when so, so we look at this and we look at the, at the, at the visible church and, and, and how we're supposed to function, then we ask the question, I'm, I'm, so I'm going to bring us down to the topic of the day is why, why should, why should I, if I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, why should I align myself with a local body of belief? With a church. Why should I align myself with the church? Can I get the church? Can, oh, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. Can I get to heaven and not join the church? Absolutely. There is no prerequisite. Someone once said, I think this is the wisest statement I've ever heard said. That when you go, that when you die, one or two things are gonna happen. Your denominational labels are either going to fly off, fly off as you're going to heaven or going to burn up as you're going to hell. That's just it. So really, these labels is not what is important. What is important is that we're doing Christ's work. So you don't have to align yourself with the church. You don't have to be a part of a church. But, but, why not join a church? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 10 reasons why every believer, every Christian should join a local church. I'm gonna give you 10 reasons very quickly. First of all, it's the natural thing to do. Now I would say by natural it's a supernatural thing to do actually because when you if you notice the first church, the first Christian, when they accepted, they didn't know how to do church. They knew what church was about. They didn't have all the. Thank God they didn't have all the politics to church. That was added later, and that'll fly off either in heaven or hell too, you know. But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't have all. But what? But what they did, they did instinctively. They came together. They didn't say, oh, that was a nice experience. they just go off. Let's just keep on doing what we've been doing. No, they came together. They joined together. They assembled together. And so I think it's the natural thing to do. We need to be with other Christians. I'm going to talk about in in just a moment. Second thing is if you are a member of the invisible church, it only stands to reason that you should be a member of a visible local church. As I've already said, the visible, visible church is only a miniature of the greater church. And so, therefore, we need to be a part of what Christ is doing. Now, the next reason I offer to you is the church provides a covering for its people. As, 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 as people of God, we need a spiritual covering. And that's what the church provides for us. This is why the Apostle Paul in his first letter to the church at Corinth, which was a troubled, troubled church, he he said, he said that there, there was there was a couple in there that was sinful, blatantly sinful. And his instruction to them was to separate these people out. Take them out. This is this is what he said in that contest. He said, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved. In the day of the Lord. And then Paul also wrote the Timothy in his first letter, chapter 1 and verse 20. Of whom was Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Sometimes there's people in the church that get out of order. They get out of fellowship. They, they need to be brought in line. And if they won't be brought in line... Paul said what you need to do is you need to separate these people out. You don't need to let them continue to be a part of the church when they're not living by the standards set by Jesus Christ. Now, I know some people listen and say, Oh, God, that, 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 that that's, that's bad. That ain't Christian. No, it sounds like an unchristian thing, but it's the most loving thing you can do. For you see, what happens, these people that are in this situation, they have been deceived. They're operating under a lie. And so therefore, to let them continue on as if everything is okay is the worst thing you can ever do for people. What Paul is saying, he's not saying cast them out and they'll never be brought back in again. He said separate them Get them out of, under the covering of the church and let Satan run them over a little bit. Let him beat them up real good. Then they'll maybe they'll come to their senses and come back, and when they do, you open your arms and receive them back in and restore them to the fellowship. See, sometimes that's the only place. You know, I, I grew up in the country. If you didn't grow up in the country, you don't understand me, okay? I understand, I, but I grew up in the country. We we When I was growing up, We had some tractors, we had mules too. And a mule is just as stubborn as they say they are. As my daddy used to say, sometimes you just need to get a two before out and slap them up against the head, and then they'll understand what I want. Now I know that sounds harsh, I know that sounds cold, I know that sounds cruel, and I would not put a two before on any of you, even though there's sometimes I would like to. But sometimes, the only way to get somebody's attention is they've got to be stunned. They've got to be taken out of their routine and their normal to get them to understand what they need to accomplish and what they need to do. So the church provides that covering, and we need need that covering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now... Also, another reason I offer to you is that Christians need the fellowship of other Christians. As I started this out, we need one another. No man, no woman is an island unto themselves. You cannot do this thing on your own. You need people around you to help you. And I think this this philosophy applies to the Christian experience. Christians very rarely can operate in isolation. You know, that there's a scripture, I don't don't have it up here, CC, but there's a scripture that, that talks about that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We know in nature, the lion, when they hunt, typically, what is their easiest prey? Those that are not in the herd but those that are on the periphery of the herd. Those that are wandered off from everybody else. Those that are, that are off on their own. They are the greatest targets. I think the same thing applies to us as children of God. We need the protection. We need the covering. We need the fellowship of one another to help guard us and protect us against the wiles of the enemy. And I'm going I'm I'm to come back to that in just a moment going back to the, to the scripture text in hebrews chapter 10 notice again what it says and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is see paul had that problem in his day that that problem existed even back in the very beginning of people trying to separate themselves from the church he said but exhorting encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Also consider what we learn about the church shortly after its beginning. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, this church has just started here. And notice it says, They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. And finally, John, in his first letter, he made this observation. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Notice again, we have fellowship with one another. So we need the fellowship. The next reason I offer to you why every, every Christian ought to join a church is that every Christian must be accountable to a body of believers. That goes back again to a, a lone ranger. We need to be accountable. We say, I remember when I, and I don't know why I hadn't thought about this, I hadn't even thought about it when I prepared this, but I remember when I was heading up Heritage, or I was working at Heritage, I was not present at this particular time, but I was, I was working, I was in administration, and part of my role was discipline of students. Now, you wouldn't think you'd have to discipline college, uh, Christian, uh, Bible college students, but oh, or are you wrong? I had a guy, he was from a different culture, different country, and and, and he he needed discipline. And I remember I brought him in, talked to him, and I remember he, the only reply he ever gave to me, no matter what question I asked him, no matter what I did, the only thing he ever said to me, God is my judge, God is my judge. I said, God may be your judge, son, but let me tell you something. I have the power to kick you in, to let you stay. So you better start answering some questions. Because we are, we are under somebody's authority. That's the reason, God's re- reason the church of Jesus Christ is set up the way it's set up. That's the reason you have pastors. That's the reason you have uh, 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 other leaders in the church because we have to be submitted to the the leadership and to the authority of other people. We're all under authority. Young folks, let me tell you something. You all are under authority to someone. I know my my youngest, my older son, he used to tell me, I will be so glad when I get out from under your house and under your authority, and so I can do what I want to do. And so I say, and I I look at him and say, well, son, let me tell you something. I said, you're going to have some authority over you. I, most likely, you're going to get married. <laughs> so you're going to be under somebody's authority. You're going to be accountable to somebody. Whether it's me, brothers, your wife, or whoever, there is going to be a measure of accountability. And why is that so? Because that is the way God designed it. I know God is our judge. God is our judge. Nevertheless, we can look at someone's fruit. We can look at someone's life. And it is up to us. It is up to us to discipline. It is up to us to give instruction. It is up to us to say, look, brother. Look, sister. What you're doing is not right. And that's the reason in church, and I'm going to talk to young people, in church you need to be respectful of the house of God. You need to behave yourself like you're in the house of God. You're listening to me back in the back. Listen to me. You need to act like you're in the house of God. You need to, you need to, you need to, this is not the time for courting or for fellowship. This is the time to listen to the Word of God. You need, you need that discipline. You need that correction. Now, sometimes I don't like to do it, but you have to do it because we need to treat God's house as it needs to be treated. We need to live our lives. And so if somebody is out of order, it is okay to say, you need to straighten up. But I've had people tell, well, you're not my judge. No, I'm not your judge, but I am your fruit inspector. (laughs) You got it? So when you don't see the right fruit then it's okay to say. But the same thing applies. I'm under authority too. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm out of order, I have people that have the, have the authority to come and say, Pastor, you need, you need to straighten up. You need to do something different. This is not right. So we're all under authority some way or the other. Now, not only that, not only must be accountable... But every Christian needs a sense of identification. We need a sense of identification. Now, as I've already told you, than, it doesn't make a difference what denomination you belong to. That's, that's all, that's all going to fly out the bay. The important thing is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what's important. That is the important thing. However, in the human realm it is important we have a sense of belonging. And we should be proud of what we belong to. We need to identify with the purpose of the church. And the local church provides that for us, to give us an identity of what we are part of. Then, another reason. Every Christian needs a place to worship. Worship is a part of the Christian experience. And all of us need a place that we can come together and we can worship with other believers. Now I know sometimes the way way other believers do and behave is a hindrance to worship. I understand that, Lord. I've been hindered too. When I look at how people live and what they do, and and then and then, but 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 we're not here to worship man, right? We're not here. And if all you're doing is looking what somebody else is doing, or what somebody else is wearing, or how else somebody else is, is carrying on, if that's all you're here for, if that's all you're doing, wrong, wrong, it's all wrong. So, so we, we need, we, we need, we need that, that, that place that we can come to worship. Now, I know in this age we live in, so many more people are tuning in the churches online. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I, we do it. We, we, we stream every Sunday. People listen in every Sunday. Thank you for those that are listening in. Uh, for those of you that are going to church and listening to our services, I applaud you. Thank you for what you're doing. That you're getting, you're, you're getting more than one perspective. But for those of you, I'm going to go ahead and speak to those of you. See, I, see you're here, so I don't need to talk. So, i got somebody else to talk to. i got, I got another. You're the choir. I'm going to talk, talk to the camera. So you see, if you're just staying at church and never staying at home and never coming to church, you're not going to get the same thing in front of a television or a radio or a computer that you're going to get in church. It's okay from time to time. To be at home. It's okay when you can't make it. It's okay to listen in. That is perfectly all right. We can't be here. All of us can't be here every Sunday. But if that is your church, you and the television, I'm telling you, you're not getting what you need. You need more than that. So, and so I got at least one person who agrees with that. Every, every Christian needs a church, home, and family. Let me, let me tell you. You say, I don't need a church. You know, sometimes I, I, I'll be honest with you. And, I, and I, I make some of these statements. I'm really kidding with you. And sometimes I'm really serious. Sometimes I don't know what, I, what, what I'm going to do with my church family. But on the flip side of that, I don't know what i do without them. Because Let me tell you something if all you're doing is watching on television or in front of a computer or you're listening to these televangelists, if that's all you're ever getting, let me tell you something. If you get sick, you can call Brother Olsteen all you want to. He ain't going to come. When you die, he ain't gonna you your funeral. I'm just using him because he's the biggest, most noted person. That, there's a lot of it. You see, we all need a church. One of the saddest things to me, to me, and I deal with this a lot. One of the saddest things I deal with is when people are facing death and a crisis in their family, and they don't have somebody to turn to. They don't, they don't have somebody to go to and say, Will you pray for me? And if, it is, if they find somebody, it's a total stranger. Which is fine. That's better than nothing. One thing, I used to be in hospital chaplaincy. And one of the things we discovered, they did, somebody did a study. Believe it, believe it or not, somebody did a study. And they discovered that patients, they, in, the, in the study, what they did, they had some patients that, 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 that were being prayed for. They knew they were being prayed for. If there was not, they didn't have a pastor, they didn't have a, or if they had a pastor or a church or whatever, they knew they were being prayed for. And then others who didn't have that, they had somebody pray for it. Then they had another group that, that nobody was praying for them. You know what they discovered out of that study? That the ones that were being prayed for did better, improved quicker, and usually recovered better than those who did. Ha 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 ha. Sounds like a necessity to me. How about that? You see, we all need, we all need a church family. I don't care how dysfunctional it would be. Look, I'm, I'm not a slick willy, I don't know how to run a well oiled machine. I don't know how to do a lot of what, it, what you see on television. But I tell you what, if you're in a hospital, who's going to be there? If you're sick, who are you going to call on? If you have a death in your family, who are you going to, you going to look to? Those people, Those people out there, they don't know you. They're not going to know you. And they don't really care much about you, except for your tithes and offerings you're sending to them. You aren't to be sending to the local church because they're the ones going to be there when they when you need Amen. them. Right? I'm not trying to be ugly, whatever that means. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm just simply telling you know. And if the church, I told I told a young years ago, I told a young man this. I said, if you need to church now, you need to church all the time. We don't need a church on an as need basis. Just like the woman on the, <laughs> just like the woman on there. You know, I work hard. Sunday morning is the time I got to sleep in. I need a church that begins when I get there. You know why? We can't wait till everybody gets here to have church. But we all need that church family. So, not, 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 only, not only that, I, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost done. Every Christian needs a place to be fed spiritually. The local church is it's the feeding trough. It's a Place where you come to drink and to feed. Now I don't. I don't claim to be the best preacher in the world, but I ain't the worst one either. And I give you good quality stuff. I'm not bragging up, boast. I give you good quality stuff because I give you the Word of God. I feed you the Word of God. Now, brother, you eat it or not. That's not my. That that is not my fault. I have never been able to bring a hog. To, no, no, no. That was not. That was not the right. I've never been able to bring any kind of animal to the trough and make them eat it, right? That's up to you if you eat or not. That's up to you if you feed or not. I can't, I, I can I put it in a trough. I'll give it to you. But this is a place where you get fed, where you get nourished, where you get built up spiritually. And then finally, every Christian needs to belong to an army called the church to effectively fight against our common enemy, Satan, we have an enemy. He's at work. Let me tell you, if you haven't figured it out, I know. I know it doesn't always seem that way, but remember what what the Word tells us: Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. Now, if you say, what what does that mean? You see, when you accept Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God takes up residence in, in you. God takes up residence in your life. So greater is God in you than Satan's in that world. I know sometimes he looks stronger, but he's not. I know sometimes he looks greater, but he's not. I know sometimes he looks fiercer, but he's not. I serve a living God, not a dead one. I serve a living Lord. He's saved me. He redeemed me. He's kept me saved. And he picks me up and he carries me where I need to go. So we need to fight together. Not apart. Not with one another. We don't need to fight with one another. We need to fight together. Common enemy. And make it happen. So, I cannot. That, that's it. That's the ten reasons unless I miss one. If I miss one, tell me and I'll I'll, I'll fill you in. I cannot emphasize to you enough how important the local church is to the kingdom of God. And when we are part of that local church, we are part of one of the most significant movements this world has ever seen. The church of Jesus Christ is a powerful, formidable Force. So don't ever take lightly your membership. It's a wonderful privilege to be a part of the family of God. Amen. Amen. And so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a, a point to ponder because we're gonna make a transition here, and uh, we're gonna receive some some people into fellowship of our church officially. They're already part of the fellowship. This is just making it official. But for those of you that that I don't know, and, and I don't know your relationship, and I don't know where you stand with God, consider this. You know, you need the Lord Jesus Christ. You need Him. You may think you don't need him, but you do. And I guarantee you, you'll find sometime in your life, you'll be in some point in your life, you need somebody other than you. He's always there for you. And you need to be there for him. So if you've not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I can't think of a better day than right now, right here. He said, "I don't know how to do that." It's really, really. It's just, that's a simple part of it. First, you just have to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. He is the Son of the Living God. You have to believe that He is the only way of salvation. He's the only way to help. He's the only one that can intervene and change your life. And then you have to confess who you are, that you're a sinner. You say, Well, I'm not a bad person. I didn't say you were. (laughs) Bad is not bad, you know, you don't have to be a drug addict to be a sinner. You don't have to be an alcoholic to be a sinner. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a wife beater to be a sinner. We're all born in sin and iniquity. We're all born in sin. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Acknowledge who you are, who he is. Believe he is who he says he is. And then confess your sinfulness and your need of him. Just that simple. So if you need that, want to accept that right now, right where you're sitting, that's a good time. Say, Lord, please help me. Let's, let's, let's just pause for a moment for a prayer. Father, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, speak to those that are listening today either in this, in this room right here or either as they're listening learning in front of a television or computer screen or, or however they're listening. Jesus, I pray that you whisper in their ear and say, I love you. I know you. I died for you. And all you've got to do is to acknowledge who I am. Believe I am who I am. Confess your own own helplessness. And ask me to come into your life. So right at this moment, if you will just ask him, he will come into you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So at this time, I'm going to invite those uh, who uh, have uh, gone through all the process you need to go through to join the church. And so I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to have just a little, little ceremony and officially receive this. And then after that, then we're going to do the baptismal service. And we've got to about four that's going to be baptized this morning. So I, everyone that's going to, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, have uh, made application and gone through the process to join the church, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Just stand Just stand right up here, okay? Y'all come. And if you will, just stand kind of in a straight line right in front of. Now, Libby's going to be baptized, but she will not be officially joining the church at this time. She's just up here for comfort. And uh, because you have to be at least 14 years old to join join the church. I hope you prayerfully considered your membership in this fellowship of believers. We're not a perfect group of people, but we do love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to love you. And so... In response to your desire to become a part of this fellowship, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'll give you the proper response for those questions. Do you believe the Bible to be the Word of God, and that herein only is contained the knowledge of the way of salvation? If so, answer, if, if so, answer we, do. Yes, we do. Have you the assurance that your sins are forgiven, and do you publicly confess Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If so, answer, we do. Are you willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk in the fullness of the Spirit as, the, as mandated in the Word? Are you determined by the grace of God to follow Jesus and to live a sanctified life of holiness and devoted to God and His cause? If so, answer, we will, and we are so determined. We will. So determined. Are you willing to be governed by the Word of God? If so, answer, we are willing. We are, willing. are you willing to support the gospel of Jesus Christ through this local church? with your tithes and offerings, as God prospers you? If so, answer, we are willing. willing. Will you submit to the leadership of this local church? And will you, by the help of God, be loyal to this fellowship and to her people? If so, answer, we we are willing. And because the Bible places such a high value upon the family, because the family was the first institution ordained by God, Will you seek to do all you can to develop a strong, healthy family that is Christian in your home? If so, answer, we will. We will. Very good. That's all it takes. Welcome to the Welcome to the Friendly Chapel Church uh, family, knowing that you have already been added to the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Will you turn? Or, da- there you go. Very good. There you go. Very good. Very good. Very good. And so I want, to, uh, I want to introduce these folks to you so you will, you will know them, uh, so that you get a certificate of, uh, of membership. And this also signifies that they have gone, been, have gone through the foundations class, which I, which I require, now the church requires, uh, that now I require. Everybody has to go through this class to form a foundation of, uh, of, of, of spiritual development and spiritual growth. And so first we have Beverly Barlow, Thank you. We welcome to the church. And Crystal DeBraw, welcome Crystal. And Anthony Mark Gray. And his wife Paula Gray. Thank you. Congratulations. And last but not least, Gary Wilcott. There you go. Again, let's welcome all of these to the family of God. Amen. We're delighted to have them as a part of Friendly Chapel Church. With that, y'all can can go back and be seated. Those of you that are being baptized, if you'll go ahead and make your way and get in your place. Praise team, if you'll come up and uh, uh, and you can all stand. We're going to start uh, with a song, and then once we finish that, then we'll do the baptism service. Thank you again so much. God bless you. Thank you. Go. We're gonna have an old-fashioned baptism, but we're gonna be good. <laughs> First, we have uh, we have Keith there Anything you want to say, Keith? Bring the question to the Lord. Amen. Keith I, Keith, one Sunday morning during communion, he came up and he said, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior, Amen. and we took care of business right then and there, so today we're going to baptize him according to the faith he's expressed in the Lord Jesus. But Keith, Keith, based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 I have <laughs> 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 This is, this is Libby Beasley, and uh, she is accepted the Lord Jesus as her Savior. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you accepted him as your Savior? Okay. Libby, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Crystal DeBron, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you accepted him as your Savior? You'll never forget this moment. (laughs) That's for your confession of faith. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
2: We have Karen posted. Anything you want to say, Karen? Praise Jesus. I've waited a long time to be dumped,
0: and this is the day. Ashley, Amen. Ashley, Karen comes from a Lutheran background, has been raised in the Lutheran church all of her life, and uh, she Was sprinkled, as sprinkled as a child, but now she wants to be baptized as an adult according to God's word. Yes, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I do. Have Absolutely. you accepted Him as your Savior? I Based upon your confession of faith, I am baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise <laughs> will y'all stand with me. It's not so bad when she's stay in the wall. Oh <laughs> um, uh, uh, You have to laugh about it. It's just it just it just happens. Uh, But anyway, delighted you you came today, and uh, again, think about what I said to you today. Most importantly, if your name is not in the Lamb's Book of Life, do what it takes to make it, make sure it's there, and that's accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's the only thing that will save you. Now, may the peace of God, may the power of God, may the grace of God, may the mercy of God. May the love of God be shed abroad in your hearts. May you go out into this world and declare the truth that Jesus Christ is the living Savior and you belong to Him. Amen? Amen. 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 God go with you in peace.